Hi everyone, welcome to the I Don't Know Show with Joe. I'm Joe, and in episode 8, Usher taught me about conspiracy therapy. Dave Reggae, longtime listener and frequent caller, disagreed with a lot of what was said and wanted to respond. Both Usher and David are on the line. Thanks for joining the show. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Longtime listener, third time caller. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, Good to be here, Joe. David, before we get started, uh, or before we get into what you disagreed with, was there anything that you did agree with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there was plenty to agree with. Um, and most of all, I, I strongly endorse the sentiment that we should take everything that we see in written word or you know on TV or listen to on a podcast or on the radio or whatever. Like for sure, wherever we're getting our news, we should try to use discernment and um, take everything with a grain of salt. Skepticism can be very healthy. But on the other side, um, I think that the tone of that conversation was a little too happy-go-lucky with the idea of conspiracy theories being almost, and I have to say this, you know, like, <clears throat> I have to hedge this a little bit because there were, like, little disclaimers here and there, like, okay, sometimes conspiracy theories go too far. But the general overall tone, I thought, was a little too much towards um, endorsing conspiracy theories for the sake of endorsing conspiracy theories. And I think I just, what I really want to do is offer a counterweight to that to point out that actually a lot of times, more often than not, conspiracy theories are the whole premise when we're talking about like a conspiracy theory, what we're talking about usually, the meaning that, that we're um, ascribing to that phrase when we use it is really typically theories that have a very thin amount of evidence and aren't really based on fact and discernment and critical thinking. And so at that, I think, is actually really dangerous and sometimes even results in acts of violence that are based on people who get really obsessed with conspiracy theories. Um, and I, I, have, I can't help but think of a, a childhood friend of mine who got like really really wrapped up and and this to some extent also applies to me in my teenage years but uh, i had a friend who got very wrapped up in all kinds of conspiracy theories especially alex jones's show and uh it quite literally you know led to a psychotic break for him and so i just think it's very important to point out that there's a, there's a real difference between critical thinking and skepticism and conspiratorial thinking, right? They're just not the same things. And I, I completely agree with you guys when it comes to, um, you know, not accepting everything at face, face value and wanting to dig deeper. But what we often do instead of, of really applying critical thinking skills and being skeptical and rational about things. And I think that this came out a little bit on the show with some of the topics that you discussed, is that we tend to emotionally um, cling to theories that comport with our preconceived cognitive biases and that reinforce you know, what we want to be true 
because it agrees with what we presume to be true. <clears throat> and I think that that tends to come out in uh, a lot of like the, the kind of political discussions about Trump and Hillary and who is involved with Jeffrey Epstein and et cetera. You know, sometimes there's a basis for things and sometimes there's not. And I, I think that it, it was like a little bit too blurry in that episode for my taste. So before we get into specific examples, so first of all, good introduction. Um, I don't know if I disagree per se with anything that you just said. I think it it's valid and, and whatever disagreements I have would, would probably be more in, in terms of semantics, uh, not, not, not a real disagreement. Um, I would like to go through some of those uh, specific details, but uh, before we do, Usher, you have any response to the introduction? The intro itself? Um yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and I don't want to diminish anything that happened to you or to a friend of yours when they when they were younger. But I guess the counterpoint that sort of just strikes me on that is, you know, people tend to believe true things too, and and die for causes, and go go extreme for whatever it might be, whether it be true or false, or whether it be conspiracy or not. So. You know, why I, why I relate to it, and I empathize and sympathize with it. And I understand. I I've known people that have gone over the edge on all sorts of strange ideas. Um, I just, I just, I just don't know a proper way to necessarily respond to that sort of um, critique of what our podcast was. What I wanted to do, when I think you recognize, is I was talking about conspiracy theories or whether the the value of right or wrong of ideas. I was talking about conspiracy therapy and why people believe things and why people want to believe things or why people are drawn into them or, you know, why they're appealing just generally and why they're so, um, you know, just prolific in our society today. And the reason is because they, they ring of truth. And regardless of the ring of truth or the truth or not truth of them, you know, they could be convincing regardless. And I don't, um, I don't really know how to respond. I'm sorry. It was just it was too a little, a little too emotional for me to to respond, and I don't want to say anything. I thought, you know, our podcast was lighthearted because we wanted it to be lighthearted, and we took it lighthearted because that's sort of the the tone that I like to take with it, and that's the way I wanted to to view them. And I understand the criticism, but I don't think it's necessarily you know constructive in that way. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I again, I, I think that we actually have a lot of agreement, <clears throat> but I guess the, just like the piece that I, um, that I really take issue with is not, you know, like, haha, let's talk about what's funny about conspiracy theories or... And, and they can be entertaining, and I don't have a problem with that, per se. Um, no, really what I was taking issue with is that, again, the, the tone of the episode came across oftentimes as endorsing particular conspiracy narratives. Well, we probably that, were endorsing <laughs> some conspiracy narratives, yeah. but can you give an example of one that we were endorsing that you think we should not have been endorsing because because I I'm of the belief that that some conspiracies that some conspiracy theories are true there have been historical conspiracies that were proven to be true 
Well, like you talked about MK Ultra, for example, and yes, that's a documented, yeah. known historical fact, right? Yeah. So if you if you list out every single conspiracy theory that there is today, I'll agree with some of them and disagree with some of them, and say we don't have enough information, <clears throat> probably about most of them. So, so I here's mean, the thing. Yeah, here's the thing, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, it's it's directly pertinent to to what you're bringing up, though. Um, MK Ultra. The reason that we found out about MKUltra was due to investigative reporting on MKUltra, right? That well, it's because the White House unclassified it. the documents, right? Was there? Yeah, but the people. I, I I don't know all of this like, precise circumstances surrounding it, right? But it was reported on. You and mm-hmm. I weren't going to find that, and okay. <laughs> like we weren't going to independently like all just like say oh. The, there's newly declassified information. Let me go read, you know, you maybe somebody would. Just but there the, are hobbyists who would, who dedicate themselves to... But those you know, like investigative journalists did, did do that. There are people There are people who take that on. But <clears throat> the, reason I'm, the reason I mention that is because um, when real conspiracies end up coming to light, that often comes through channels like mainstream media that was denigrated during the episode and i agree that mainstream media is you know terribly flawed there is a great deal of corporate influence in mainstream media necessarily um they you know they they themselves are often large mega corporations like news corp that's basically you know uh totally you know, single person like Rupert Murdoch may have hegemonic influence over the re- kind of reporting that comes out of hundreds of newspapers and stations, etc. Those problems are real. And yes, they, they exist on both sides of the political spectrum. But um, I, the, the point that I want to make is that you have a worse problem with, you know, with, um, sources of information that are low quality sources of information, right? Like okay. the New York Times for all of its flaws, right? The New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, which are on opposite ends of the political spectrum, but they're they're on the ground, like factual reporting is often very, very close because they have editorial standards that they adhere to. And that's actually a really important part of a functioning democracy. Right. In a society where like we you mentioned also like the epistemological crisis of like, how do we know what's true? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very legitimate question. And that is something that leads to, you know, conspiracy theories and spinning all of these webs. And I would say it's important to take a step back and recognize that there is epistemological value in Mm -hmm. institutions that are intended to be kind of gatekeepers in certain sense there are problems with that it's not a perfect system but i think that just the overall tone of that conversation was totally to the side of like you know fuck the mainstream media they're always lying to us and trying to shovel shit down our throats and i'm gonna go listen to whatever crazy kook on the radio is you know whispering in my ear because Mm. it 
Well, it, you're, you're making a leap to the to the second part. Calling out those well, elites you're you're making a trust, leap to right? the second part. I never said the second part. I, yes, fuck the mainstream media. Yes, I'll do my own research and and believe people that I find honest and, and trustworthy. I didn't say I'm going to listen to any kook. No one said that we're going to listen to whatever theories people are putting forth. If if the theory is nonsense, it's nonsense. I have not seen anybody give compelling evidence about what happened with Jeffrey Epstein. But the mainstream media has been the ones lying about it. There are other people saying things that I think are wrong. I don't think they're lying. They just don't know or they're making shit up. The mainstream media is actively working to do like put... I don't. I don't know to what extent the mainstream media is promoting lies about Jeffrey Epstein, though. Okay, I, what's I a mean, mainstream media source? Re- reporting, reporting on what the claims have been is not an act of lying, right? The mainstream media oh, is saying only if you include certain uh, claims and not others, and you don't include. The mainstream media is saying that, like the the the, the workers in the prison mm-hmm. say. That he well, uh, killed himself, uh, let's, for let's example. Go like, that, that's right, not I'm the same thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, Dave. Um, the the main thing I think Yussi's referring to, or at least my thing that really got me going on the Epstein conspiracy, was Amy Roback. Do you remember that video? That's the one who uh, had details about him, and and the media yeah, didn't allow her ABC to see in the letter air it. I want to yeah. see if I could find it, maybe on a. I have video one available. I'm sorry, my YouTube didn't pull it up. But it, it was this—it was this anchor on ABC who was, you know, pre-pre Epstein being arrested and everything. Like had had something about the Epstein story on, on ABC on a mainstream show, and she was told as she was about to air it, "Hey, go to go to break," like or something like that. And she—you could tell she was talking to people in her ear at the time. And it's a very compelling video about like, oh, you have something, and now we're not going to air it, and it never aired. I never saw the light of day. She was caught on a hot mic complaining about it. Yeah, afterwards, when it went to commercial, she was saying, what the hell was that sort of thing? And that really opened a floodgate for conspiracy theorists or, you know, just people just to generally buy into the the alternative narrative about Epstein that maybe, you know, there was there's more to the story than just, um, you know, him being a bad person or a child trafficker or anything like that. Or mm-hmm. more that, you know, hey, there's a lot of political influence involved in this blackmail and things like that. It, it was a very famous clip. It's sure. very now. I don't have to Amy Roback. I haven't heard her name um, since then, which is, you know, that's another thing. That's something that, that the conspiracy theorist in me kind of latches onto, that she disappeared after a faux pas of whatever sort. That I don't know the reason why it was a faux pas, but we can agree it obviously was a faux pas. So it's it's one of those it's one of those things about Epstein in particular. So, Reggie, sure. okay. I mean, can, can I just clarify your point? Are you saying that the mainstream media is more trustworthy than not regarding truth and regarding um, these stories and, and bringing truth to light, or are you saying they're they're not one hundred percent trustworthy, but they're more trustworthy than non-mainstream media sources? Uh, I would say that they're not 100% trustworthy, and um, it, it's also something that depends on multiple different individuals, not just kind of like an amorphous blob of an institution. But editorial standards exist <clears throat> in order to, you know, at least make an attempt of 
of keeping certain standards of honesty and reporting and institutions attempt to like police themselves and hold themselves to those standards so sometimes they fail you know sometimes they're more successful but what i would say is that it it kind of is the best that we have like what what alternative sources of information do we really have that's the there's thing. plenty of independent we, we journalists. Have these institutions that have who, resources who broke they, the wikileaks thing was it uh glenn greenwald yes yeah, so that's useful as well and, not useful and, as well no mainstream media would do that like it, you have you need these independent well, journalists exactly I, I mean mainstream media can't do the same things that that wikileaks d- does it's a pr- it's like a major problem for example WikiLeaks will publish hacked material. I'm not talking about what of... WikiLeaks does. I'm talking like what did Glenn Greenwald do? He he broke the story about maybe was it not WikiLeaks? It was the NSA. It was the Julian Assange. I, I always confuse all the stories. I, I don't want to be overly defensive of the mainstream media per se. Like again, I agree that it has problems, and I, I would say that sometimes reporting can be inaccurate although in cases where it is they usually issue corrections <clears throat> if, if they ever know about it obviously also certain outlets are more trustworthy than others right like that's a known phenomenon but there's there are there are reputations that exist and they exist for a reason and this is part of the you know way that as a society we tackle the, the we tackle the, the question of that uh, of uh, how do you know what's true by building up institutions that are yeah. intended. But reputations yeah, are I, I destroyed. Really reputations are destroyed <clears throat> as easily as they're built. I mean, just because you've built a reputation doesn't mean. Well, yes, yeah, I think that's true. Okay. I, I think I think it takes. More, I think they're built up and they they've gained this thing. It's very hard to destroy them. Like even when they do something so egregious and awful, it would not destroy them. That's why something like the New York Times has three hundred years of history, or yeah. however many years of history behind it, and being like the the paper of record. They didn't have to do something extremely egregious that another company that's up and coming would lose its tail for. They well, wouldn't lose it. They'd be able they, to They've lost somewhat, right? Things. If you ask how many people trust the New York Times today versus you know twenty thirty years ago. It, it, I'm sure they haven't lost all trust, but I'm sure it's decreased significantly. Yeah, and so, so they'll I, be I able to recover. It also comes down even to not just institutions, but like I said before, even specific reporters and specific editors and their kind of, if you spend the time analyzing the behavior and the reporting of particular people. And I, again, like I agree with you guys. There are, I think, one of like the most common offenses probably is sins of omission, you know, where uh, newspapers are look even in even in like hard factual reporting in just in terms of like choosing what stories to highlight and focus on that's an editorial decision you know like that's that there is a certain kind of like bias in reporting just from the kinds of stories that you are reporting on right like if you have an outlet that like 90 percent of what they're reporting on is uh, stories about crimes committed by immigrants. That's a clear, even if they are all true stories, that's a clear indication of like a political bent, right? And they have an agenda. And I'm not here to pretend, I'm not, 
I'm not here. Yeah, I'm not here to pretend that that uh, media outlets don't have their agendas, and uh, you know, like sometimes this is very obvious a lot of the time. But in terms of like just getting, uh, in in general, you know, the facts that are reported by institutions like the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and the Boston Globe, like all of like the the kind of like premier news outlets, they have real standards about this stuff, and you can pretty much trust most of the factual reporting that they put out there as being legitimate. You know, what's that's, that? What's that's the thing that really Michael Malice says? A, I don't, I, he says uh, he says uh, uh, factually true, but uh, what what does he say? <laughs> Factual but not uh, something. Okay. Factual but accurate. Something along those lines. Yeah, like they 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 might include the facts in in a specific context to get you think a certain way. Um, that you know, is completely misleading. It's, it's New York Times. Look, there's a headline yesterday, and I'm gonna go very about um, what's the name of Speaker House McCarthy? Yeah, uh, it was a Speaker House McCarthy bringing you know starting the impeachment proceeding or impeachment investigation or inquiry. That's where they use. A congressional inquiry into Joe Biden's impeachment, and the language of the Times wasn't McCarthy starts an inquiry or a headline of that sort. The headline was McCarthy facing opposition starts an inquiry. That they they buried the lead even within the headline, which was an amazing amazing thing. And yeah, like you said, it's not saying anything that's unfactual, but it is to you and me and to any you know completely objective observer, it is burying the lead. Because the lead is that there's an impeachment inquiry. The reason for it is secondary, whether his reason or somebody else's reason or the political reason or whatever reason it might be. The story, the who, what, where, when, and why is, and why is the last one for a reason. The who, what, where, when is he started the inquiry. And I'll pull up the headline now. I'll try to find it, but that one type too hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but but they do that all the time. It's like, a media event that doesn't lead to to the, the that the media isn't reporting facts, but de- does lead to the sort of skepticism and, and and sort of you know this noxiousness of what you think the media is and what the stories you're getting are. But sometimes they outright lie. Like The Sound of Freedom yeah, and- was a movie about QAnon. Joe Rogan ate horse paste. Like these things are insanely outrageous lies that they just repeated over and over but again. But that's not like find me a New so York why? Times article that says Joe Rogan ate horse paste. So so then or, we're not talking about mainstream media. We're talking about was about QAnon. Well, oh, oh, no, that's that's, are, yeah, that's 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 a CNN headline, which is in the same vein. If you know, CNN's not mainstream well, media, then. Have this- no, it is. CNN yeah, CNN is uh, mainstream it's media, but it's definitely CNN certainly oh, right. doesn't have the same kind of reputation as you know. Well, in terms of in terms of printed news or journal, TV news, not, CNN is here, and it's New York not Times the same kind of here. caliber. So, what's the top? That, what would compare to it in 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 broadcast news and published news? What where is the match? In broadcast news, I'd say that like CBS and uh, NBC. Are yeah. two of like the most were, respected. They're they're considered more respected than CNN for real. Well, yeah, yeah I think that CNN CNN, CNN has always had a reputation as as being very like money driven and oh. 
okay. based based around profits explicitly from the outset and, and not kind of like dumbing down the, the news. In so a, in I, think, I think an important distinction like here, it more than it was already. An, an important clarification here is that Usher and I were referring to all mainstream media. So it, it seems like you're defending a segment of the mainstream media. But so so your your criticism is limited to. Um, highly reputational print media like New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, and it does not include, uh, like, I, I would consider CNN, Fox, NBC, MSNBC to all be mainstream media. That's That was what I think, we were referring to. I, I, think, I think that they, I, I acknowledge from the outset that there are major problems with mainstream media, and that I would apply that even to the New York Times and the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal, for sure. Um, but I would also say that even in the case of like the you know, straight news on Fox News, which is uh, obviously there's like a certain bias in reporting that shines through there. <clears throat> That's not, doesn't align with me. Um, but even there, like most of the factual reporting is still true. And like you're saying, like it shines a light in such a way that it's it's still like part of a kind of ideology, right? Like there's a certain kind of ideological bent to the people who are running these institutions mm -hmm. and that comes that comes through in the reporting and in the selection of stories and the edi editorials and that of course the most blatantly in like opinions pages and um you know the not really news um segments like fox and friends is not really news it's like a talk show mm -hmm. that's clearly like highly um <clears throat> highly like opinion driven and i guess what i'm trying to point out is that um, the 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 broader point for me is is not about like oh the mainstream media is good actually it's that the the kind of depiction of conspiracy therapy or conspiracy theories as being um, you know closer to the truth most of the time, which was the kind of sentiment that came across in the show. Again, like, yeah, I, I know that there were some, there was a certain amount of like a disclaimer of like, you know, sometimes, sometimes they are crazy. And, you know, like the, the, our birds real joke, I think is kind of getting at that a little bit, for example. But, um, I, I don't uh, want to speak really, for that's really what I take issue with, though. I take issue with there. There was a lot of talk specifically about conspiracy theories or, uh, you know, uh, conspiratorial narratives that were specifically coming from, like, you know, right wing perspectives on the news of like the past several years that were just being presented as if like and now it's come out that these are all true. And that's not the case. Can you give an like, example? For example, yeah. yeah, one example is that it was stated point blank as if like it's totally settled 99.9% .9 chance that the lab leak theory is the right theory. The because that's always is, been the is, more likely theory. Not, it's never it's never been settled. I never there said settled. Time, it's always been the more likely theory. And people well, that's were not, that's also not true. 
That is it not is true. true. Likely theory then. I don't. I'm not a scientist, and I don't know for a fact that one theory is more likely than the other. Well, but what, what I can what I can tell you is that that is still. Well, they don't all. But doesn't there's a lot of scientists. But Re- Reggae, it doesn't matter if it's settled or not. That's not the point. The point was that if you expressed the opinion, you were called a racist and a conspiracy theorist, even though even if it's not the most likely theory, it's undeniable that it is a very uh, uh, like normal. uh, uh, Yeah, it's it's like it makes sense to hold such a theory until it's settled that uh, it's not a nonsense theory and it was being presented as such. With all due respect. And I don't think I don't think of either of you as racists or any whatever epithet like that's not what this is about but i will say that when when the lab leak theory was first being pushed as a narrative it was being pushed in an extremely you know um um inflammatory way by senator tom kine that is how what did what did he say what did he say what did it, it was it pushed did. by him in an extreme way. I'll I'll grant you that. How was it pushed by him? People generally think people didn't think of it in an extreme way. People thought of it in a practical way. I didn't, I don't even know what Tom Cotton said, and I and I Maybe. think that it's the more likely theory. So how how do you explain I, my I, opinion? I can't pull I can't pull a quote right now, but it's fine if you think that it's more likely. And there are scientists who think that it's more likely. And I don't think that anybody at any time should have been insulted over thinking that a lab leak is more likely. And and I certainly never thought that that's, that's outlandish. But we're not but, asking what you thought. The but, mainstream media but, was no, the... The, the, cons- the... The conspiracy theory. The mainstream media very, very early on mm-hmm. did report that that is possible and we don't know. And then there, there was, was a, a there was when there was a general consensus and there was a general consensus among scientists. It was almost universal in the broader um, in, the, in the broader. Uh, what is it? Epidemiological community, the people who study like how viruses and disease spread. They did have a general consensus yeah. that it's much more the, likely the that, it, that, that it was from natural consensus is wrong at any point. The point is a general and consensus. Then that, and then that the point is it's wrong that's at any point. You, the, the, the shutting down of it and the, the moving away from it and not letting it be proliferated is the issue. Not the fact that people believe it or people aren't willing to accept what the generalism is. It's I don't that, think it was ever shut down, and uh, I mean, I, and, and okay. there are certain. Again, we're talking about we're we're talking about media, you know, um, biases that uh-huh. exists. And was there a period of time where that one competing theory was basically tacitly accepted by a wide swath of the media landscape? Yes, but there were always mainstream sources that continued to entertain the Ladley theory. Do you think that like there was no, the, the idea the idea is that it became portrayed as what is known as a conspiracy theory. And the point of the podcast was to explain conspiracy theories aren't these outlandish things. Conspiracy theories are a way that people deal with the world. A way that people try to understand the world around them. And when people say they're conspiracy theories, it kind of actually accentuates and makes it stronger in their belief because oh now i'm outside the mainstream now i'm a rebel now i'm sort of this person that believes this thing 
And now this is even more compelling and believable to me. And that was one of the main points of the podcast. And so these things are compelling. And the reason they're compelling is because they go against the mainstream. And I don't know if we elaborated on that fact, but I think I should do it now. But the reason conspiracy theories are compelling is because they are against the mainstream, because they are rebellious, and that uh, has a natural appeal to such a large segment of the population. I'm somewhere in the middle on this one. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I don't want to get too in the weeds about like any one specific issue, although it's, I think it's useful to have examples, but um, the more, again, kind of like general point that I'm trying to make here is that uh, the difference is reputable institutions that are supposed to report the news did so when it came to the theories about the origin of the virus. And they continued to until even like very recently when it became uh, there, there got to be a point where reputable scientists started questioning again. Some new information came to light and they started to say like, actually this Ladley theory seems more plausible to me today than it did five no. months ago. I, I what, what was the new information? Stephen Colbert. Yeah. That, that the new shit came to light. That was that moment. Hey, Usher is correct. Wrong. That, that was, was the, the, the changing it. point. That's when people started questioning it again, when it became allowed to question it again. I don't think that any new information, I haven't heard of any new information that came to light. Yeah, it was a pop culture phenomenon when it came to light. You and, you know, we may not know. Uh, we may not know. My, my, the, my perspective like, on it's, this. It's coincidental. Fine. My, I, I, I can't, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have like a uh, insane, you know, eidetic memory that I can just pull up every, the, the exact instant when reporting began to shift. But I, I think it's, it's pretty clear that like there is it's the conspiratorial kind of lens on what's going on is one that is paranoid and is taking the form a lot of like oh they whoever this amorphous they is are trying to get us they're trying to hold us down and um, I'm glad you mentioned they because that conspiracy <coughs> therapy and what we're really talking about like. I, I know we can disagree about the, the the validity of these things, which is not really important because Valder and Valder is still fun. What I think the podcast was was conspiracy therapy, and like I said before, you know, a sort of idea that hey, this is the way people deal with things, and the reason people believe it is because it helps them understand and deal with issues and and things they're having trouble with, things they're struggling with because of that. And when you say they, I think that's something that was failed to be mentioned in our original podcast, is one of the biggest conspiracy <clears throat> theories is they, and who is they, and who are, we mentioned, we did it in passing, but we didn't really dwell on it. And I want to bring up a, a conspiracy theory now. You know, we've heard of New World Order back in the day, and now we have the Great Reset. And that's one of these big conspiracies that's really catching on. And so I think that we right. really should talk about what we think about this Great Reset is. And maybe that's really what we're talking about, not, you know, the goodness or badness of these things or the validity of these things, because we're definitely not going to agree on that. 
or when that happened, but we could talk about what conspiracy theories are, are that we didn't discuss and why they're good or bad or the dangers of them. Is that something you guys want to do? <laughs> I, I, wherever you guys want to take this is is fine with me. Um, but but I, I think Reggae specifically had, had things he wanted to respond to that, that were talked about. Um, uh-huh. but, but World Economic Forum is another good example because there's usually multiple layers on all these things. There is the fact, right? World Economic Forum is an organization. They have said interesting things. They do have interesting things on their website. Um, and, and none of that is a theory. Um, but then, obviously, like the theories are limitless with organizations like this that meet in, in secrecy with high levels of wealth with you know, small groups of people that want to exert control over, over large, uh, you know, different arenas. Um, and, and so you can't really say that any of that is correct. It, it's hard to say any of it's incorrect. It's just wild um, imagination at some point. But, you know, that, that small nugget of it is fact, right? But so, so you know, where do you separate a conspiracy from a conspiracy theory like where does the part that you think is dangerous begin for me it, it all comes down to you know whether critical thinking is really being engaged and we are following the evidence mm-hmm. and and being honest with ourselves the mm-hmm. thing is that conspiracy theory is mm-hmm the way that that is used what's meant is those cases where it's delusional <clears throat> well that that's how we the word ends up being apply, used we don't apply conspiracy theory to talking about you know uh things that we know for a fact occurred right like conspiracy well then it's just a conspiracy even, even it's not a theory defined in the legal system usher would know about this you know like it's of course like conspiracy is a real thing conspiracy theory we're talking again about like the point that i was trying to drive home from the beginning of this which is conspiracy theory is when you are buying into theories that don't that can't stand up on their own feet right and you're doing it for emotional reasons and and those are assumptions well, I'm not. I'm not talking about you. I'm, no, I'm but I'm saying you're you're assuming and, that they all cannot stand on their feet, and that people are buying into them for emotional reasons. I think that it is a, a leap to make. I think lots of people have very logical reasons, and 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 there's and they do stand on well, feet, even if they're we, not we proven. Can, there's a tremendous amount no, of evidence. We can, we can we can we can disagree about like specific instances of whether something is. A valid, like it valid, it's up for question whether there's a conspiracy going on and versus like whether something qualifies as a conspiracy theory. Do you think the mainstream media conspired to take down Joe Rogan? I have no idea. Do you think that the the mainstream media. I, I don't have a basis though. So if I were like hypothetically, right? Let's say I'm a Joe Rogan stan. You know that I'm not. But, like, let's say that I am, right? And hypothetically, let's say that, like, you make the suggestion to me that that's what happened. And I have no evidence for that myself. 
And I immediately say, like, yeah, that's just like them. They would do that. Mm-hmm. That probably is what happened. That act of, like, me buying into it without evidence myself and not really having a basis for it, that is conspiracy do you, don't, but That's don't you think thinking I, I, I agree I, with you that that behavior is bad. People who blindly uh, follow things without actually thinking about them. But don't you think average mainstream media listeners or readers do the same thing? Or you're saying there it's OK because of the I reputation. They're allowed to trust them more so than if they heard it from a different source and just believed it. Then it's it's more dangerous because they don't have that trustworthy reputation. I think that's a very complicated question, and I don't have a simple answer. I, I mean, I I think that um, to the first part of your question, like, do I think that most people? Did you ask? I, I think you asked something about like whether most people. Kind of Basically, the the behavior that that you're ascribing to people who listen to conspiracy theories and and with without thinking about it themselves, just follow it without having any evidence or research that they've done themselves. They're just believing it because that's what they're hearing. You can say that about everything, even mainstream media sources. People are are watching it and and reading it and just believing it without doing that research themselves. Well, the key that I'll repeat here is it's, it's not just because they're hearing it. It's because they're hearing a theory that fits their pre-existing cognitive biases. Okay. Right. It's it's because it fits your ideology, you choose to believe it because emotionally that's reinforcing your personhood, right? That's reinforcing your tribe, the people that you belong to, the you know, the or the religion or form of spirituality, whatever it may be, right? And it and it um um I I mean it it, it solidifies this kind of dividing line of what makes us and them right getting back to like we and they think that's a really big part of it and there's just um don't you think mainstream media has their own us yes i do i do 100 percent. i i i don't um deny for a second that there are again major problems with mainstream media not major problems but that there is an us and that there is not necessarily a bent or, or, or a bias but an actual agenda to what they are reporting. And you, you spoke, spoke to that before. Uh, and if the, there the, is, then there's no, if, if you agree with that point, then there's no reason to think that they are doing things explicitly for that agenda. Or I'm sorry, not to think that they're doing things explicitly for that agenda. So that when they do anything, the skepticism is not only, you know, warranted, but, you know, maybe even right. I think that the skepticism is often is warranted. I think skepticism, but again, no, like there's a there's just there's a difference. Regardless, I'm saying there's if, but if there if you admit they're biased, their skepticism is even even more so. Like it just it just comes it just comes naturally to whatever they say, and I think that, and the yeah. the the ring of truth doesn't exist in there. I think that there's a genuine effort that's made by serious institutions that exist. Like The Economist, I don't agree with everything that's printed in The Economist, and I, I canceled my su- subscription because I got very upset about the way that they reported certain things. And that's, and maybe that's like a personal flaw for me. Also, I'm guilty the same way. Like, but just going back to the idea of like, does it's very hard not 
to make decisions about our beliefs based to some degree on emotion. It's really hard to avoid doing that. And we have to be vigilant if we, if we want to like really, you know, worry ourselves over what the real truth is, then it's very important to take a step back. The key, the key for, um, you know, serious, critical, rational thinking is to take a step back and notice when you are um, agreeing with something because you want to agree with that thing. It's very easy. The thing is that it's, it's very easy for you guys, for example, to look at New York Times articles and just have a knee-jerk reaction of like, this is probably bullshit. And I'm going to look, look at what something else says about it. And, you know, you see what Joe Rogan's commentary on it or, or whoever you like, what, whatever it is Jordan Peterson has to say about some issue. And it just fits and it feels comfortable and therefore you agree with it. I, I'm saying, no, you know, Reg- Reg- I agree with what that. you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. The trouble I'm having is that everything you're saying that you're applying to, let's say, conspiracy theories, I could apply the same thing to mainstream media. So I'm, yeah, I'm trying to understand the differentiating factor. And to me, the only thing I've heard so far is that institutions like New York Times have hundreds of years of, of a reputation built as truth tellers. Um, whereas some of these other sources don't. That's the only differentiation that I can hear between, because I agree with you, that's, that is how we should treat things, but I would apply that both to conspiracy theories and to mainstream narratives. I, I'm not seeing the difference there. Yeah, it's, I think that it's a question, I think it, oh, did we, did we lose it? No, I hear you. <laughs> okay, uh, suddenly the screen changed for me. Um, I think it's basically a, a question of, you know, uh, it's actually a, a, a question of basically like scale, quantity, right? Like how much, um, how much evidence are you requiring now when it comes to serious reporting, right? <clears throat> that is itself a pretty significant kind of evidence right like it's it's very different different to accept the facts that are written on the front page of the wall street journal versus you know like cindy on youtube or whoever right just like some kind of random personality that's not necessarily trustworthy and uh, and um the difference between being because again, I, I agree with you that there is something along the lines of being um, a little too credulous with mainstream media sources, but that is different from a conspiracy theorist because the the levels of like mental acrobatics that you need to go through and and kind of like resolve discrepancies for yourself in order to continue to buy into like QAnon, for example. So, so can, can you give well us an example? Because we didn't bring up QAnon as a serious thing, right? We didn't bring up, you know, other no, than the ones that we were joking There's about, like, our birds real? Therapy. Like, we didn't bring up anything I felt in an, that was outlandish 
that we actually brought up seriously. There were some things that we joked about a little bit, but the things that we brought up as serious examples, I don't think they were outlandish. They weren't random, you know, Cindy on YouTube conspiracy theorists. These were alternative narratives that have a good amount of evidence. It, and, and evidence is not the same as proof. And, and you know... Yeah, one, <clears throat> one would be the... Yeah. Um, the I mean, like, I don't know exactly what you believe about them, but the the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. protests yeah. being kind of part of a the larger bricks. plan of, like, Yeah, the bricks. That was the, yeah, the uh, bricks, I think, is something that's been, been um, uh, debunked? disproven and, or debunked. So, yeah. It's it's random. I, I I'm not putting too much weight I, I behind the bricks. Just like, yeah, you know, they're random bricks things, are, but are in the city because they're doing construction. Uh, I, I've heard different things, but that's not the point. The point is, I don't think there's enough evidence to really um, talk about that seriously. Um, well, that's the that's the whole thing, though, because it was talked about initially very seriously. Well, people bring things up because that just like okay, there's there's so, this is suspicious, and and it just gets woven. Okay, it, yeah, suspicious things should be talked about seriously because there were a lot it, of it them. It is suspicious. It's still at the end I of the day anecdotal. It's like in Sound of Freedom, a lot of people like the the fire alarms were being pulled, or or like that they they couldn't watch the movie, and they tried to say that because all these things are happening that they're trying to stop the movie. I don't I don't know. I to me I don't believe like anecdotes like that. Like I be, I believe that they happened, but I don't I don't see a larger pattern unless unless there's evidence to support that. But when it comes yeah, so to I Black do Lives think that's Matter, that's a good example of conspiracy theory though. Just that's to fine. Your point, I, I, I think but I, I, I already said I don't agree with every conspiracy exer- theory. And, and 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 you are exercising your critical thinking skills in this instance and and saying like, you know, hold on. Like, even though I think that that's something that could happen, I don't really have enough evidence that's convincing me that like that's that's a real phenomenon. And there's a, it, it also is something again, we're talking about like there's no there's no logical consistency to that. It doesn't it right. doesn't make sense so, because if they really wanted to quash this movie, it, there are easier ways of doing that. You there, know, there the were a lot own the movie theater. How about don't play the movie? Well, a lot of places did. A lot of places did. That 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 part's true. That's not really a conspiracy. But once they were showing them, like, I don't really believe that all the anecdotes. But and but, it wasn't about the owner. It's about the projector. It's about a kid working in the booth. That's the conspiracy theory. But then that's not a conspiracy, right? If that's just some kid, no, no, it's it, not could, a, it could be a that conspiracy. they're they're in large. They could be they're in large groups. You know that. Oh, there those that particular those particular kids. There's a yeah. okay. Those I get it. There's, there's a Soros backed. Like, Union no. of projector kids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. That's the conspiracy. The-, the theory isn't that that they're trying to stop the theory. That's why it is a conspiracy theory, and that's why it's kind of outlandish because yeah. of what you said. Because of the thing. But the idea that it's happening, if you don't discount it's happening, if you say it does happen, if you accept all these reports of the bad thing happening, where they're shutting off the movie in the middle as true, <clears throat> it's not necessarily a conspiracy that people are conspiring. But it could be that people are just latching on to this popular culture phenomenon where their friends are saying, hey, I stopped this movie in the middle or I stopped this movie and it became a thing. And the other side noticed that as, hey, they're stopping it and they it's try possible. to interpret it. It's possible. I, I wouldn't yeah. I, I wouldn't put all my money on, on that case. That did stop. Like there's no reason not. To, I'm saying 
in terms of the evidence, there's no reason to believe it did not stop mid-play when five people in the theater said it stopped. Oh, yeah. No, but that, yeah. that part, I don't think anybody is disputing. The the, the oh. dispute is whether or not it was a coordinated effort across oh, no, projectors. Uh, so the yeah. conspiracy is a coordinated effort. Well, if yeah. it just happens randomly or, you know, there's one or two instances, but it's not a, like a plot, then, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a conspiracy. I know, but if it catches I mean, on from inconveniences other, movie theaters. But, but a, going back to the, the, like, the Black Lives Matter. I was trying to watch Spider-Man and I don't think well, that Spider-Man there was a... was, Spider-Man's the devil. Okay, so you understand why it happened. It did happen to me yeah. at one movie. I forget which one. But they uh, they started the movie again from the beginning and gave us free tickets, so I was perfectly fine with it. I forget what movie. It happens to me at Blair Witch. I walked out. <laughs> but going back to to okay, Black Lives you Matter, know, you just got you were too scared to finish Blair Witch. It's all right. Stop it. It was just I was <laughs> nauseous. I was literally nauseous. I remember it well. The shaking cam. Yeah, that was the great uh, innovation. Yeah. yeah. So nauseous. <laughs> well, that was a conspiracy about a witch that lived in a forest. But but right. but going back to to Black Lives Matter. So so. Was your I don't remember exactly what we said on the podcast. So did we say something like the protests themselves were part of the at some level they were on some level they were fighting season. I talked about protest season. Then the summertime protests go up, and the media has this agenda, and the media agenda is to you know sort of create stories in the summer and encourage these protests. To me, this was a specific summer of COVID season where yeah, people no, no, were cooped up. Gen- I, I related it to war, I think. I felt like, you know, Friday season, that way you have this idea, oh, they fight more in the summer or, or protests happen in the summer or riots happen in the summer generally. And the conspiracy theory around that is that the media needs to sell papers in the summer. They need to have viewers and people watch less TV and buy less papers in the summer. So they kind of drum up these larger stories. And one way to do it is create riots and create reasons to protest. To me, the the whole thing that the media was complicit in with regards to the Black Lives Matter thing was that they took the Derek Chauvin killing of Guy and made it racial, even though there was nothing that proved that there was any racial motive. And that incited a summer full of protests and a fair amount of them turned into violent riots where uh, property and, and lives were, were lost. And I think that... Um, they, well, and, and they all repeated that mostly peaceful thing, but I'm saying even besides for that, I do think they are complicit in starting the whole thing. And, you know, I don't think we need more race riots in this country, and I do think that the media is complicit in trying to egg that on. Um, and... You know, I, I don't think that's a theory. I think that is what they did. I don't think the characterization of them as race riots is at all. I'm not saying they were point. race riots. I think the media was trying to create race riots and they got partial of the way there. Yeah, I don't know. That to me does uh, seem like in the realm of conspiracy theory. It is. It is a conspiracy. Like, I, 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 I I'm saying that's that a theory. I'm not, I, I there's no way for me to any, prove that. I, I don't think that there's any kind of like clear substantiation of that. I don't, well, the substantiation I don't is that, that they were lying about the facts of the case nonstop in order to promote think, this racial again, agenda. Like, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's true at all. Okay, I don't think that's then, true at all. Okay, so in then, fact, there was no hate I mean, crime charged. Like racism wasn't a part of the charge or the criminal... Racism being a factor in Chauvin's trial wasn't really a thing. It was the fact that he didn't 
follow procedure. He didn't do. I right think that that reason. I think that that was an organic reaction, primarily of uh-huh. for, firstly from people who were bystanders. Yeah. Who felt that it, there was a racial component to it? Who but, felt that but, the, the, but the, the felt that Derek Chauvin was racist in his action? And, and that and that has to do with lived experience, you know, like. But you don't think the media was uh, promoting that narrative? Is there? Is there is there room to doubt that? There's room to doubt it. You don't think the media was the ones promoting that narrative? There's, look, I think that the I think that the media, when there is a high hold on when there is a high profile killing mm-hmm. of a black man at the hands of police, mm-hmm. it, it given the history of this country, okay, it's entirely sensible yeah. for the media to talk about race as it pertains to police violence and st- statistics. I that disagree. makes sense. Not it really. It makes sense to talk about that. The, not if the statistics are lied about. There's, there, there is a movement that exists that the, the media didn't create the movement and to cover that movement sympathetic or not makes sense. It makes sense for Fox News to cover it and and they and they have like an anti slant towards Black Lives Matter and towards CRT and everything, and it makes sense for uh, liberal I, media establishment to cover it, and they have their slant to it. But I don't think that that's a conspiracy. I don't think that that's. I don't think that there's a, you know, uh, a concerted effort to to stir up civil unrest. I I don't think that that's. You know, in general, that's bad for business. That's kind is of it? not really something that corporations generally want. And is I'm that saying that as a socialist who who will, you know, talk shit about corporations all day long and the kinds of like conspiracies that they have. In fact, in our conversation, I told you, yeah, they will conspire. You don't think if it bleeds, it leads as a real to set thing, prices or whatever, in order to like you know raise profits. You don't, you don't think that, if it bleeds, it leads as a real sentiment amongst the news media. That is not the same thing as trying to create more blood. I don't think that that's. I don't think that that's the, the same incentive. I wouldn't say it's bad for business. The statement, if it bleeds, it leads, is not. Let's make some blood so that we have a lead. Well, you said it's actively bad for business. You said it's bad for business because it's newsworthy. the The point of that statement is that it's newsworthy when there is bloodshed. It it just and that's true. No, that's not no, but then you, but then you can't say that bloodshed is bad for business. Then I'm like you, you said it's bad for business if there were to be race riots. I think it would yes, be it very good for business. Okay, I, I understand. There's a there's a certain kind of, uh, circularity in inherent here. My point is that it's it's good for you know like. Um, the the okay i see what you're saying it's fair to point out that spectacle in the form of violence might sell more papers in the short term but my point was not was not that like that's not useful my point is that the general breakdown of society which is what you get when you have sustained you know like uh when when you get to like civil war levels god forbid or whatever like that kind of uh, generalized instability in a society is bad for business because it just creates too much danger for everybody. It's not an, it's not ultimately in the interest of anyone. 
and corporations, I think, are generally aware of this principle. So there, there's, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit subtle, but there's a, are, are two different things that are that are at play, and they're they're so okay. It's fair to say that like those are those ideas are in tension with one another. Maybe there's a little bit of a conflict in, inherent in that, but. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot uh, more to talk about here, but unfortunately, <laughs> we are getting to the end of our time. I want to thank you both for joining That's me. That's just so frustrated. Before, <laughs> I, before I, we I, leave, I'll let you I, both I, get a last say, word. I want to talk about other things. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I know you want to continue the original conversation, but the whole point I, is I was the whole hoping, thing is, I was, just to say, yeah, I, was no, I wanted to bring the counterweight to it a little bit. We didn't even no, talk I, about I, it like half of the time. There's no need for a counterweight, Dave. It's 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 a fun show to be fun. You have to bring a counterweight. No one responds to any of these shows. In fact, you respond to this. It's it's silly. No, it's not. It's not. It's, we're gonna we're gonna do no, more responses. Also, no, but I thought I thought you were gonna respond in particular to CRT being a uh, conspiracy theory. But I mean, I could do funny, that. A funny line might not have been a throwaway, and I'd love to discuss another time. I was hoping we'd go there. <laughs> but in terms of going to like media bias in general, media bias isn't a conspiracy theory to me. Media bias is. So no, it kind of like that media bias is. It, it doesn't fit in. I'll, I'll let you each get one more one more line in before we leave. David, what's something you want me and all of our listeners to know? I love you guys. <laughs> You're great guys. I miss you. Yeah, I miss you too. Usher, what's something you want me and all the listeners to know? Critical race theory is just a, a jumble of conspiracy theory. Now oh, I know. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> all right. Guys, to be continued. <laughs> Thank you very much.